I started this Bible study in Galatians, I'm going to be honest with you. I told a few of you this. Uh, maybe not, not too many, but a couple. But I, but I started this Bible study in Galatians. Uh, man, I labored. I, I struggled. I so struggled. And then first chapter and a half or so, maybe even a little deeper, it was such a struggle. And I thought, Lord, I'm quitting this. I mean, because it just didn't seem like it was going anywhere and it wasn't doing anything. And I just to scratching out to even get a, just seemed like even a piece of anything. And three or four weeks ago, it was kind of one of those moments where, where it just all come together. It just all come together. And that's where I really, really preached on grace and, and, and shared some thoughts uh, that just, I'll be honest with you, it has really impacted my life. Now, through that, through that, this is what it's done to me. I, I am becoming, I can see this, I see a, a student of grace. I've studied a lot of things. I've studied the law. I studied the law hard. I studied the various doctrines and truths. Various portions, I've studied them hard. And, and it's all well, it's all, it's all good. But, but here, here, I'm going to tell you what, if you need to be a student of grace. And here's, here's kind of what I've determined. I can just kind of see this. I don't know how many, good, how many years the good Lord will leave me here, but whatever that is, ever what's left, I'm going to be a student of grace. I am determined. I am determined to get grace right. Did you hear me? To get grace right. Because if you get grace wrong, you get it all wrong. You do. If you get grace wrong, you can get a lot of the other things right, but if you get grace wrong, you've gotten it all wrong. So that's my heart. That's where I'm at. So I want to take us back to Galatians 4. We didn't get very far really last week. We really just got three verses in. I want to go back and I want to reread from, from verse 4 and actually down to about verse 21. So I want to stand and, and pray and then I'm going to let you sit down because I know it's Wednesday night. And I know your legs as tired as mine are. <laughs> and you just want to sit down. And, and I know a lot of mine just these old daggone antibiotics. And, and I, I've, been, I've been doing this every now and then. I've been doing it. I've been pouring them out and counting them. <laughs> How many more days I got left? And today... Today, I hadn't done it for a few days. I hadn't dumped it. And I dumped them out today and I counted them. And today I was in the single. I'm down to nine. Nine more days. And that, just, that inspired me. That just made me happy. I just, I, just like, I just wanted to throw them and maybe pick up seven. Six. <laughs> but I was so happy. Because, man, they have drugged me down so bad. Amen. And uh, I feel like... Uh, I feel like I just ain't I just ain't myself, and I hate that. I hate when I hate myself. And as hard as I try, it's just hard to be, you know. Uh, and then I I can't wait for the return. <laughs> Amen. The return version. Amen. But anyway, let's pray over this tonight. Let's believe the Lord. Bless our time. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for grace. I thank you for the strength of grace. I thank you for grace now in this, in my body and in these that's come out tonight. And all that you do for us, please bless your word tonight. Lord, you know what you've put upon my heart. This is something uh, really uh, beyond even anything I've ever even preached, dear God. So tonight I pray that you'll bless it and you'll bless it in such a way that someone will get a hold to it and they'll be strengthened tonight and they'll be helped by grace. So, Father, we love you and we praise you now. Bless your word. Bless all these fine people that's come out tonight. Um, use it for your kingdom. Use it for the growth of your church, growth of your people, and the fortification of us all. And we'll love you and we'll praise you. In the name of our great Savior, Jesus Christ, and all this church of green say. Come on, thank him again. Come on, amen. Amen, come on. Amen, amen. Well, why don't you be seated? Let's, let's read these verses together uh, I'm not going. I'm going to try not to say much about them because because I want to go back and pick up three or four of these verses anyway. But listen, of course, last week we, we kind of left off with verse three about if we're if we're immature or still a child, we're just no, we're just like a servant, though we be heir to everything or ruler of all. You can own you can own a million dollar estate and still be homeless because 
because you've not grown or the time of maturity has not come. So then it picks up right here. So, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, one of the most sincere, genuine, passionate, uh, uh, loving calls that you can give out. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant now, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How be it then, when you knew God, you did, not, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again? Go, why do you go back? To these weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire. Do you desire to be in bondage again? You observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you. I've worked in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. You were the first ones. And my temptation was was in my flesh. You despise not nor reject it, but receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have even, this is how passionate they used to be. You would have plucked out your own eye and given it, given it. Man, man, they was on fire when they first got saved. Come on, that's what he's giving us the picture. They were so on fire, you'd have plucked out your eye and given it to me. I mean, that's zealous. Amen. Am I therefore becoming your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously affect you. Talk about now false teachers, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that you might, have, you might affect them. But it is a good, it is good to be as zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law. Listen to what he's saying. Tell me, ye that desire to be under law. Do you hear the law? Do you really hear what it's saying? Amen. Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, amen. As I studied this, uh, I kind of got this revelation. As I've stu- have been studying the book of Galatians and, 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 and the weeks that even that I really labored and struggled with some of it. And up to this point, uh, I kind of got, it's a simple, it's kind of a simple revelation, but I feel like it's a revelation nonetheless. And I've seen something in it. And I've seen how the Galatians, this church, this church of believers that was once so zealous, so passionate, so they were they 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 began, they had the right stuff in the beginning, Paul was saying. So zealous that they would have even plucked out their eye for the cause, or because he would have preached it. But but now now Paul Paul's giving us this picture that they're all of a sudden they're struggling with grace. A church of believers that are struggling to get a hold to grace, to receive grace, if you will. Back to verse 9, you can see it. You can go back there just real quick, but Dustin. But now, as you've known to God, now why do you turn? You desire to be. You're know, struggling. They're struggling with this thing called grace. And he's wanting to know, really, this is what comes into my mind. Why, why in the world do we struggle with grace? Think about that. Because I'm just going to tell you what, though it was the Galatian church, and, and no doubt God's wisdom, he put it in this book to, to keep it, at such a time as this, until the time of Christ, I have found that many struggle getting a hold to grace the way God wants them to. 
Many struggle getting grace right. Many struggle receiving it. Many, many are passionate in the beginning or just like these believers and they get away from grace or they let grace go. So I began this little study and, and, and really just in the, the, the chapter that we're at and I'm sure it'll broaden. But I began this little struggle because I didn't get very far honestly because the word just come and it flowed. But I began this study to try to answer and to see why, why we struggle with grace. Why I have struggled with grace. Why there's been times that I've struggled to receive it or I've struggled to see it or struggled to present it or present it or to give it. You ever struggled to give it? Why, why do we struggle with it? What's so hard about it? And, and there's many things even in the chapter that we read that I could bring out. But, but I, like I said, the one thing I know we got to do, we've got to get grace right or we're just going to get it all wrong. And without this right perspective of grace, we'll get salvation, we'll get faith, we'll get hope, we'll get gratitude, worship, service, we'll get all that wrong. Not only that, we'll get the very image of Christ, the very image of Him wrong. It'll be incomplete, it'll be distorted, there'll be some extreme view of God, whether it be a God of, of just wrath. You ever, you ever run into somebody that's got a bad view of, of grace? And, and it's, it's all wrath. Or, or the, the, the other. The other, everything's just lollipops and daisies and whatever. Amen. This fictitious view, if you will. But they had this struggle with grace and Here's, here's where I want to I wanna just light in tonight because and we only, we're only going to really talk about one tonight because it, it broadened out so big. I, I, had, I, have, I have several, but we'll not get to them. But the very first one that, that evidently Paul knowed the struggle because Paul addressed the struggle. He knowed why they were struggling receiving grace. And he began to teach to it and to preach to it in this particular chapter. He began to work on it because he knew why they couldn't receive grace. He knew why they had ventured from grace, how, why, why they had got away from grace. He knew what, what, what their problem was, what their issues were. And under the unction of the Spirit of God, it, it's been saved for us through thousands of years now. And here we're going to hear it again tonight because and I guarantee you, some of us in here tonight, we struggle with this same issue. The very same issue. One of their big issues was evidently, and I'll share why in just a minute, they struggled, they struggled with their legal status with God. Their legal standing. In other words, here's what I feel like happened. I feel like they got saved, they were zealous, they were on fire, so much to the point they had pulled their eye out. I just, I just, that just amazed. I never had seen that before, honestly. I had read that a thousand times, but I'd never seen that they were so zealous they would have plucked their eye out and give it to him. This is, he just, he just showed us how far away they got. Because now, now they view him as an enemy. Why? Because he's preaching grace. He's preaching pure grace now. They've went to other things. Why did they go to other things? Why did they go to works-based things? Why did they go to Days and months and years and rituals and, and I must do this and I must do that. Why did they do that? I'll tell you why. Because of the, what they felt like their legal standing was. They thought, they thought, they thought, what all of us think. I just don't think grace is good enough. Grace, grace is not going to cover it. In other words, here's probably what happened. They were fiery, they were passionate, they were zealous like we just talked about. And, they, and then not many days or a day or two later, they failed. They had shortcomings. They missed it. They come short. They sinned. Maybe they sinned bad. Maybe they sinned a lot. Maybe they said words. Maybe they done words. Maybe they done more. But they missed it. And in doing that, all of a sudden, they felt shaky on their legal standing. Their status or where I, where I really stand with God. You know what I'm talking about. When you've missed it, when you failed, you ain't so sure sometimes where you stand with God. You ain't sure I've got this legal standing and this status, this legal status that I'm okay. And here's what began to happen. The more they failed, the more they erred. 
Others would come in and preach and to teach and say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do this then, and you need to do this. Come on. I've dished it out a time or two. You need to do this now. This is what's wrong. Trying, trying to get, and, and you know what? It, to some degree, sometimes it helps when we do. All of a sudden, we start feeling like we got standing again. But it's self-righteousness. It's not grace. It's not the work of Christ. It's not the work of God. No, it's what we've did. And they were struggling with this, with this status and this legal standing with God. And, and, and that's where they were at when Paul comes to them at this time. They, they started adding to it, depending on other things, just to get their legal standing, their legal status back. Surely grace ain't enough for what she did, what he did. Surely grace ain't enough. As a matter of fact, I guarantee a lot of them said, you know what, it can't be just grace. But if it's just grace, well, that just gives them a license. I was excited over this grace message a couple weeks ago, and, and I, had a, I had another preacher friend of mine that just out of the blue, hadn't talked to him for, for a long time. He called me, and, and we was talking, and He's ex- I was all excited because I just, I just got up from studying readily, and I was all graced up. And it was actually the, even the, the Wednesday night that I come and really, really revealed a lot of this grace message that I did. And, and we got to talking, we got to talking, sharing, I got to sharing. And he said, oh, Brother Lee, um, you know, you better be careful. <laughs> I said, be careful? I said, you don't, you don't have to be careful with grace. That's the, that's the gospel core. I ain't got to be careful with that. And, and all of a sudden, I began to feel, I began to feel the backlash. I began to feel someone who was afraid that if I wasn't careful, man, I preach this grace message that you're going to abuse it or pervert it. And here's what happens. People do that anyway. People are going to do that anyway. You can preach the law, and they'll pervert and abuse the law. They'll lay... Burdens on men that them themselves do not bear. Come on. Too heavy for others to carry. So Paul, Paul knew it was their legal standing that the, in this particular, this, this, is just one, this is just one struggle. We're not even going to go any further. This is, but he, he began to address in his first teaching to them. In chapter 4, he began to address this legal standing that there, there was a problem. And go back to verse 4, 5, and 6, Dusty. And I want to bring this out. This is how he, this is how he begins to, dre- to address it. He says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman. Here's, I like to stop right there and throw this in. Just, and I'll probably bring this in again at a later time. But here's what I want you to hear about this. You know, grace, grace ain't a doctrine. It's not. Now it is, but it's not. Grace is not just a truth. Grace is a person. Grace is Christ. Grace is God. I'm going to tell you, one of our struggles might be that we keep thinking of it and studying it as just knowledge. No, no, no. If you want to really get a hold of grace, you've got to get a hold of Christ. You've got to get a hold of Him. Grace is God. When the fullness of time, God sent grace. That's what he sent. He sent grace. He sent his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Here it comes. Here it comes. To redeem them. To redeem them that were under the law that he might receive the adoption. Oh, we're going somewhere. The adoption of sons. That he might receive it. In verse 6, we'll finish it with that. And because you are sons of God, And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts. Was he addressing the problem they were having about legal status? They were having trouble 
with their legal standing. Why? Because they sinned, because they erred, because they come short, because they thought things, because they thought things, because they did things, because they said things. They felt unworthy. They felt like, surely i got to do more. This has been, in the ages, this has been took so far, they used to beat themselves and, for repentance and, and walk a mile on broken glass and, and all these things for the right standing. Here, here, here it is. He comes and, and teaching. Their, one of their main struggles was this standing. So, so Paul comes and he's trying to fix that with this thought here. And this is the thought. This is the thought. This, 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 this is a new thought in Scripture. They hadn't heard this before. They heard you must be born again. They heard it. You must be born again. But all of a sudden, Paul brings them this thought just so they'll have this legal standing. He says, God adopted you. Come on now. God adopted you. You want legal standing, he said? You want something to stand on? He says, God has come to adopt us. God has dealt with the legal issues. There is a legal reality. There really is. There is a problem. God's own justice, his own righteousness demands. Demands the legal process. It demands the realistic of that. It demands so that it has to be satisfied. His own justice must be satisfied. And under the law. So God says, I can fix that. I can adopt you. I can make, because without that, you can never stand. If we're not adopted, if we're not adopted sons or daughters, we'll never stand. We have no legal standings lest we are adopted. God, through grace, adopts humans, fallen humans. God through grace adopts sinful humans. And that's what gives us ground to stand. I don't care how good you do whatever you do. I'm proud of you. I'm glad of it. Keep doing it. But I'm going to tell you what. Your legal standing ain't on none of that. Your legal standing is because God adopted you. Amen. People struggle to get a hold of grace because they say, I've had them say multitude of things, but unworthy. I'm too unworthy. Well, we all are. So that's why he adopts us. That's why he takes care. That's why he satisfies his own justice. That's why he, he through Christ, come, redeemed, bought us, paid the price. Come into our life. You know, it's one thing. I thought about this. Think about this. Think about that thought. He, he adopts. That means he chooses. But that ain't all. That ain't where it stops. That's the first part of it. That's kind of where it begins. But in verse 6, as you see there, and because now, because of adoption, because that's what makes us sons, because of adoption, God now sends forth his spirit, the spirit of his son. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in adoption, people still don't feel like a part of the family. Sometimes they still don't feel like they belong. Though I can stand here and preach Galatians 4 and 4 and 5 all night and tell you how God, and, and I'm going to give you some more scriptures that's going to encourage you in your adoption. I, I, before you leave here tonight, I want you to be able to stand on your legal standing. You should have no trouble receiving grace because you don't have the legal standing when we leave here tonight. Amen. It's going to be a long night. Buckle up. <laughs> Not really. But think about it. He don't, but he don't stop there. He takes it further. Because now we are adopted, we're now sons, there's been a change. And sometimes though we don't still don't we don't feel like we don't feel like we're still part of the family. Because now we're son though, he sent his spirit. And so now 
we can actually feel that I belong in this family. Romans tells it a lot better than I can preach it or say it or bring it up in my own words. Romans 8, 15, 16 says it like this. Romans 8, 15, and 16. Caught you off guard, didn't I, Dusty? Listen, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received this spirit of adoption. This spirit of adoption, whereby the same, same as Galatians, you, you were able to cry with this intimate, personal, knowledgeable relationship. Abba, Father, verse 16, the spirit itself bearing witness within our spirit that we are. Woo, we are the children of God. Are you getting this? Adoption, because you're now a son, you should be able to feel, I belong. I belong in this family. I'm a part. It's God awakening our affections and our love, our mind, if you want to say it that way, our, our heads. He's opening all that up to him and to this is my family. I hated church before I got saved. I hated church people. But a weird thing happened when he adopted me. The spirit of adoption, it works, man. That's why I got an issue with people that don't want to be around their family. I wonder, are they adopted? Come on, because it does, it awakens. You should want to be around your father, your Abba. Because it awakens something, what you didn't used to have. I didn't have no love for God. I could read the scripture all day long. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy mind. If you do that, you're, you're good shape. I could read that all day long, but I couldn't practice it because I didn't have an ounce of love. I had, some, I had some fear. I feared he's going to send me to hell on the next boatload. I, I, feared I, I feared I was going to die some horrible death or I feared various things. I had some respect, some reverence. I'd sit quiet mainly because Grenade beat the fire out of me if I didn't. But I had some reverence, some respect, but I had absolutely zero love. Matter of fact, I'd watch the clock. I'd say, good God. I'm going to tell you what, you don't watch the clock so much when you're in love. Ain't that right? It don't matter what time it is. Nobody matters what time it is. Don't care what time it is. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. That's just the heart of it. And all of a sudden, I'm awake now. Adoption. Adoption has left me with this new love. Adoption has given me a standing. Not only do I know the legality of it, I also got this feeling. I don't know what's all about feeling, but I'm going to see what he gives us, his spirit, that we may bear witness that we are. You should. You should know I belong to this. We are family. Yeah, 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 yeah. little sledge there for you. Somebody said, who? No, all y'all about my age or so. You, you got some of this sledge going. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of you may not. Amen. It's true. It's true. Because he did all of these things. We should now, that these things has come awake in us. The, the, another thing I want to bring out to you, uh, go to, we'll, we'll read verse, go to Galatians 5, uh, 4 and 6 and 7 now, Dustin. Let's go back to verse 6. I'm going to reread that and go to verse 7. We're, we're getting our, we're getting our, this legal standing of adoption under us. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, verse 7. Wherefore, now you're no more a servant, but a son. 
different now. It's different. And if a son, now listen, then an heir. An heir to all things. I want to say this. You know what? I want to bring this out right here. We ain't there yet, but over in Galatians 6, when we get there, you remember this. Because we're going to get to the place where it's going to talk about God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Well, that's, been, that's, that's, that's been used sometimes very, very distorted. It's been used a lot without grace. Come on, I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm we're going to get there. Because, because when you become an adopted son, there's a difference in heir. When you become an heir because you're an adopted son, that's totally different than your harvest. Yes, if you think about it. Harvest and heirs are two different things. What I'm an heir to has got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with him. What my father is leaving me. What my father has promised me. Now there is that law of harvest. Which we ain't going to go there tonight, but we'll get there. That's in Galatians 6. We're not even close to Galatians 6 yet. But that even needs to be with grace. Amen. But there is consequences. Romans, Romans 8, let me tie this in with Romans again. Romans 8, 16 and 17, Dustin. I'm running you all over the place. The Spirit itself, we read this a while ago, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ, if so be, even if we suffer him, that we may also be glorified. Still heirs. Getting our legal standing. It's all about adoption. We should be able to receive grace because, man, we got legal standing. We stand on it. You should never say, I don't feel worthy. Never. Because it's not about you. It's about him. Amen. It's about what he did in adoption. Now, I'm going to tie it up. I know some of you some of you are a little skeptical right now, but we're going to get there. I want you to think about this. Your adoption and my adoption, it was seriously planned by God. Do you realize that? Now, I don't think you realize how serious. You're sitting here tonight, you think, oh, yeah, 1990, you know, God planned. Oh, no, it's way before 1990, honey. Ephesians, Ephesians 1, really, really, I, don't, I might not have given that to you. Ephesians 1 really, really shows us that. I, I'm going to read it to you just because it's, it's just so in such a good little scripture. I'm going to read it to you right out of the book here. Ephesians 1 and verse uh, uh, 4, verse 4, I think it is. Let me see. Verse 4. Yes, yes. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having, listen, predestinated us, what, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to his good pleasure of his will. He so planned. Legal standing. God, God had me in mind all through them other years and all through them other years, and even before the foundation going to adopt him. Going to adopt you. Going to adopt. This going to settle this legal standing. Not only that, not only that. Think about this. Think about, you know, this adoption. It was some out of some very bad situations. He adopted we wasn't a little bundle of furry joy on the doorstep of the kingdom most of us come out of a very bad situation he didn't he didn't pick and pick the the, the prettiest and the fanciest and the closest to righteous or the closest oh no, I have found matter of fact matter of fact he seems to he seems to thrive at picking those that were just right down heathenistic
with no rights at all, with no hope at all, with no chance at all. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2 and 3 tells us that. Among, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past and the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. See, that was us. Uh, and desires even of the mind. We, we try to fulfill it. I thought it, I wanted to try it. Come on. But, but listen, but listen, even out of that, even out of that, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's who he adopts. He adopts. Paul's trying to, trying to show us, man, it's not about your legal stand. It's not about what you, no, because you came from the worst. Who you are, who you are, who you was, and even who you are now. In this thing, in this thing, where we stand and able to receive grace. Amen. I got to throw this in. Go back to verse 4 and 5 of Galatians, Dusty. I got to bring this in. I'm, spe I'm speeding right on through this. Are you getting it? Back to verse 4 and 5. When the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Verse 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive. Here's what I want you to catch about that. Our adoption is very costly. Very costly at a very high price. Redeemed. That means somebody paid the price. Somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to pay for our freedom first. First, there's got to be freedom. Then there's adoption. And when Jesus throwed his body on an old wooden cross, he's paying the price. You need to see grace as a person because that's why we've got it. You need to see grace as the person of Jesus Christ. And then you'll be less apt to abuse it because you'll see the cross. You'll see the high price. You'll see what it cost. You see who had to pay, what they had to pay for it. But it come at such a high price. Such a high price. Amen. 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 One of the last couple things I want to bring out tonight. God gives us help then. In the midst of this adoption. Ain't it cool? Ain't it great? Ain't it awesome? That he don't just leave us. This is maybe what they were struggling with. He don't leave us alone to bear his moral image. He don't just leave it up to us. He don't say, okay, you're a child now, you're adopted, have at it. He don't. He gives us help. Romans 8 and 14, Dustin. Romans 8 and 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are now sons of God. He, he don't just leave us on our own. He don't just put us out there. We all feel it when we become part of the family. We feel that we feel that need. We feel that, that I need to bear this image. I know when I was a kid, my grandma used to always tell me, "Don't you don't you embarrass the family." <laughs> she was big on that. That used to be a thing. I said that used to be a thing. There used to be a thing called respect or honor. Chivalry, whatever, I don't know. There used to be a lot of words maybe you could throw in there. But she was big, she was really big on it. And God, 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 God gives us, God gives us help to hold the image. To bear the image. Because he leads. He leads. He leads us in this. So where does this leave us? Kind of in the wind up of this thing and bringing it all together. Where, where does this kind of leave us? Because 
we, we have the legal stance is there. Every, ain't nobody in here that if you're, a, if you're a son or a daughter of God, a child of God, you have legal standing. You are adopted. You are a part of the family. You're there. But what, like maybe what the Galatians were going through, through their shortcomings, through their failures. How does that practically even work out? What was what 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 takes place? Where does that leave us in our area, errors? Romans eight twenty two and twenty three. I've cut some of this out, but I feel like you get. I don't want to. I don't want this be ongoing. But I want you to. I want you to see this. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Even now, it's ongoing. Everything is groaning. But verse 23 is the verse. And not only they, but we ourselves. We do. We groan. We groan. We, we, we also, we also, which have even the first fruits of the Spirit. We've got that forte. We've got that, that, that Spirit that He sent into our hearts that allows us to say, Father, we've got the foretaste. We know we're a part of the family. Does this sound like I'm preaching something foreign? I feel like I'm preaching something foreign. I've never heard this, by the way. I've never heard this preached. I've never heard this preached. Uh, but listen, we've got this. We've got this foretaste. Even we ourselves then groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. Now, we're adopted, so he, 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 he tells us, defines what he's talking about, because we're already adopted, but not all of us, to the wit, to the, for your knowledge, the redemption of your body. Because that's the part. That's the part that keeps us a lot of times from feeling this right standing, this evil nature, this fleshly nature, this fleshly body that wars contrary to the Spirit of God. The flesh that works against all the things of God. That that causes you to fall and fail and to come short and to think this, think that, do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. He said, we ourselves are now groaning. We groan. Where does this leave us? Where does all this leave us? It leaves us groaning for grace. That's where we're at. We, we leaves us, we are adopted, we know that, but we leaves us groaning and waiting for this full, full deliverance of the end, of this full adoption. Where we're no longer struggling with this body. Struggling with the desires of this fallen nature. Struggling with that that's warring against. It leaves us, it leaves us groaning against those things. Groaning. I just want to tell you something. Don't never lose your groan. Don't, ne don't never get satisfied that, and lose your groan. And wa quit warring against your own body. It's a hunger for grace. Because I know grace, I can't lose my hunger for grace. Because if I lose grace, I've lost the victory over this. Because grace, my, my legal standing ain't going to, I've got nothing within me. It's grace. Just like when I was going to drink that time. And God's grace brought an end to it. It wasn't me. I had no strength. I'd done, done it in my mind. But God's grace. You, we can't lose this, this, this hunger. This, this thing, and that's what it tries to do. It, this, this, it's, it's actually a spiritual anguish. One of the best illustrations that I know, and some of you might not even remember him. Some of you, most of you will. But one of the most, one of the, one of the, I heard this man, he would spiritually groan for grace over and over and over. I even preached it at his funeral. One of the best friends I ever had. Preached it at his funeral. But it was Curtis. Curtis, Cur Curtis, Curtis was, he was far from perfect, but that man knowed what grace was. 
My gosh. He'd make me shake my head, talk to myself sometimes, and mutter. But, man, he knew what grace was. And I don't know the times that he would be in a big rippet and a big racket, and his flesh would be getting away from him, and, and he'd be mad or something would be going on. And I'd hear him over here in this altar, and he'd be over there going, Ugh! What was he doing? He was groaning for grace. He was wanting victory over that that was whipping him. He was wanting the redemption of this body. He knew he had this adoption. He had this legal standing. But daggone, his body was aggravating a fire out of him. He would groan. He would groan for it, desire it, hunger for it. I remember so many times. Now let me tell you something about that groaning. God hears that. It's even in scripture. Don't you remember? He said, I have seen the affliction of my children and I have heard their groan. And that's when he moved in grace to deliver Israel, his children at that time. You can't, you can't, that's where it leaves us tonight. We got legal standing, but you better groan. We've got the legal standing. You need to receive grace. You've got the legal standing. We've grown for it. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. You're as much a child. Listen to this. I want you to hear this. I thought about this today. Don't push back on this. If you're adopted, don't push back on this, what I'm going to say. If you've asked Christ into your heart and you've been adopted, you're as much a child of God right now as you will be in heaven. Let that sink in. Yeah. Let that sink in. Right now. That should change you. You're as much a child of God. If you've been adopted. Now, if you ain't adopted, you're still a child of wrath. If you've not been born again, if you've not been saved, if you've not, if you've not, if if the legalities have not been satisfied, come on. I said if justice, because God demands justice. That's why he sent his son to buy you back. If that's not been satisfied, well then no, this ain't that's not true. But if you've been adopted, the justice system has been satisfied through not red tape of legal system, but by the red blood of Jesus Christ. You're as much a child of God right now as you will be a thousand years into eternity. That may not do nothing for you, but that just kind of done something for me amen amen I thank the Lord tonight amen come on y'all I got a few more things but I'm gonna let up I try to be discerning about that sometimes I miss it but I think I've said enough main thing I want you to be able to do tonight is not ever struggle again. We just touched on one little point. I got like 10 of these out of this one chapter. About why the Galatians, why believers struggle receiving grace. But the one thing I guarantee you tonight, you ought not never struggle again thinking I, I don't have no legal standing to receive grace. You should never think, well, I've got to work or I've got to do this. I've got to do X amount of this. i got to go to the food bank next month. Well, you do, but not for your salvation. <laughs> Amen. To keep me and Nana happy, you got to go. <laughs> but, man, you got legal standing tonight. I don't care where you come from today. 
It's just like the prodigal on Sunday. You can still smell like Saturday night. And you can have that prodigal had that legal standing. Didn't he? He was a son. He was a lost son, but he was a son. He was as much a son in the pig pen. Wasn't he? I'm telling you, grace is messing me up. But he was a son. He was a son. And he had legal standing. And when he came back, that's he got the best robe again. The one he just sold. And he might sell that one. The story stops there. Probably a good thing because he may have been like some of us and sold the second one too. This is my son who was lost but is now found. You've got legal standing. Amen. You are heir. You should receive grace tonight. Maybe you should come groan for grace tonight. Maybe you should groan for grace. Like Paul was talking about, wanting the redemption of this body. Groaning for grace. Desiring. I'm not going to do better. No, I'm going to get grace and be better. Paul made him mad preaching stuff like this. Paul made him mad. Paul made church people mad when he preached grace like that. He made him so mad he, had, he would have to defend his stance on grace. Here's what the Lord told me about that. When I read where Paul was defending himself, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he said. It is the power of the God unto salvation to all men. He was defending his stance on grace. And when I read that, when I seen that, here's what the Holy Spirit put in my heart. I said, I don't think I've ever been accused of preaching grace to the point that I had to defend my stance on grace. That's what Paul did. He preached grace. He preached all grace. He preached a godly grace. He preached a grace that teaches men. Amen. 